Good afternoon guys, or good evening. Welcome to the long-awaited API tree interview. Today I'm going back to backwards with Sasha. She's the co-founder of API tree all the way from Canada. And Burak, also a co-founder, and he's sitting in Turkey. It's an interesting conversation, obviously touching base on oracles and how they can be improved using API trees tech. So let's just dive in already. Good evening, uh, Burak and Sasha. It's, it's always a pleasure to have more than one guest on the show. So thanks for joining. Um, first of all, I think you both have uh, beautiful names, uh, not very common, but I never came across your names before, like in, in any other project uh, during my crypto journey, so to say. So what's your story? So I come from a more academic background, I guess. So mm-hmm. I have been mostly doing computer vision research for the last decade, more or less. Mm-hmm. But then I, I always had my eye on crypto. But uh, to be honest, not many problems in the, I guess, cryptosphere or blockchains really spoke out to me until Oracle. So this was uh, back in 2017 or 18. So mm-hmm. And it was not only me, I think, like a lot of people became aware that oracles were the next big problem that needed to be solved to make smart contracts useful. Mm -hmm. And that's how we got got together to um, build the Honeycomb API marketplace. So this was an API centric uh, oracle marketplace. And then we worked on that for pretty much more than two years. But the thing is, as we were working on that, we realized that this, the main problem was not really not having a marketplace, a good enough marketplace, but rather it was a lot bigger than that. So that's how we um, started working on API 3. Interesting, you, you're, you're mentioning that, that before 2017, crypto you know, was on your radar, but wasn't really on top of your mind. And I, I hear that... Uh, a lot from people that when Ethereum came into place and, and uh, things like smart contracts got introduced, it it all of a sudden became uh, a much broader industry than just you know transforming uh, the money as we know it, for instance. So it, it also attracted a lot of new people who who were eager to to build stuff. Uh, and yeah, so you are one of those, of course. Um, what about you, Sasha? So, like, personal introduction, I, I, I guess I sort of come from an academic background as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I quit my PhD, but Borak finished his. Um, <laughs> so, I, yeah, my background's in... Uh, Dropout. <laughs> I guess that's, a, like, a, um, a, a good, good thing. thing in this, yeah, in this sure. maybe. Um, I, I studied computer science and statistics and mm-hmm. um, just worked as, like, a software engineer and a data scientist. And I don't have that... I know a lot of people like to say that, you know, introduce themselves as saying they've been in a blockchain and crypto for like 10 years. I haven't. I've only been Mm -hmm. in this for like a year and a half. I was actually really surprised when I saw some memes uh, a year and a half ago about crypto (laughs) because I didn't didn't even know people were interested in crypto anymore. This is like May of 2019. It's a wacky place. Yeah. 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 I was like, do people still care about this? Um, (laughs) But then I got, I got super into it just, um, uh, reading white papers like I started going to a meetup group reading white papers and I just that's basically became my my like my main hobby it was just like mm. studying crypto reading white papers um researching that, the stuff yeah 
But actually, I I I I love to hear that because you know crypto can be a, a, a like a like a cesspool of people working together. But you know what what the industry really needs to move forward is people from from outside of it to yeah. get interested and bring their knowledge. You know, just because it's it's obvious that that you have a good good pair of brains and you're bringing it into uh into uh, the blockchain world or whatever name you want to attach to it so that's uh that's very very cool yeah. to hear yeah so just just a quick uh, just a quick point um i i agree with you and when i try to get people into crypto i usually just focus on people that are already technical like i don't try to um convert quote-unquote normies i try mm. to talk to people that are already pretty literate um on tech and finance because they they seem to kind of catch on to the, yeah. the benefit of blockchain pretty quickly yeah, the, the the learning curve is is yeah quite steep for people yeah. who who are not that tech savvy. I uh, I agree on that. Um, so to to tap in on that, I have a question for you, Sasha. And mm-hmm. obviously today we are discussing the concept of of oracles. And the the average crypto trader, you know, they they probably have at least one or two oracle related projects uh, in their or his or her uh, portfolio. But if we take it a step back, so if you would describe it, the concept of an oracle to someone who wasn't that uh, technically uh, educated, how would you start like in, 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 in layman's terms, what a, what an oracle is? So I guess I'd start with saying that in, in summary, the blockchain is, is walled off from outside information. And the, the short technical reason for that is is because the only real data on the blockchain is essentially ownership data, like who mm-hmm. owns what, which usually comes down to who owns what token. And that's why you see um, cryptocurrency as that's one of the reasons you see cryptocurrency as the main application of blockchain and trading cryptocurrency in these various kind of um, uh, financial contracts. But mm-hmm. um, I, th- I think, well, I'm not the only person that thinks this, but but w- blockchain can be blockchain technology can be used by so many other industries because so many other industries could benefit from decentralized consent uh, decentralized consensus mechanism basically sure. removing removing a lot of middlemen from these various institu- institutional processes um things like insurance things like um, even like judicial disputes but um these kinds of applications require data that exists outside of the blockchain so like i said the, the data that exists on blockchain is pretty primitive just you know mm-hmm. what what token do you own essentially um so if you want to write you know complex financial instruments like derivatives contracts based on assets that exist in the real world like uh, you know gold foreign currencies whatnot yeah with a with a very long history yeah even going, going decades back or even hundreds of years for instance yeah, exactly. Um, so that's just that's just financial derivatives, which which are huge. But that just mm-hmm. that requires knowing asset prices, which don't exist on the blockchain, and things like insurance, like a flight insurance, for example. You need to have flight data, whether or not flights were canceled. Like that data doesn't exist on the blockchain, so you can't util- utilize the the consensus mechanism, the decentralized consensus mechanism of the blockchain for these yeah. industries yet. And you want to 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 be that. Uh, you want to be sure that the data that, that that is being shared across all these ecosystems is the correct and only true data, of course. Otherwise, yeah. yeah so, so I didn't get into that part because that gets pretty technical. But um, 
you can't just input, you know, one node inputting data into the blockchain because it kind of defeats the whole purpose of having this uh, decentralized consensus mechanism where everyone checks the state of the network. If one person is inputting data, you know, that's a central point of failure. So this is why it's a really tricky problem is because mm -hmm. these oracles could and, and probably are the, the biggest weak point in okay. potentially in these systems. So if I, if I may summarize, uh, I mean, if someone is, is on the level that he or she understands a, uh, the principle of a blockchain, there's data on it. Uh, it's mostly relatively new and fresh data because the block, blockchain pro probably isn't that old, maybe at, at tops a decade. But if you want to uh, feed data from outside of it into it, it, it needs to be done uh, not by a person or not by you know some entity, but by something you can trust. And that's the Oracle. Right, right. I think that's why it's called the oracles, because it's kind of, um, we kind of get into this in the white paper that it's probably a misnomer, but oracles suggest something that, that knows the truth and transmits the truth. But like, how is that actually implemented is, is the hard problem. Okay. Yeah. So, so talking about uh, the white paper, and of course, I, I, I did my fair research uh, before uh, going into this conversation. Um, so the principle of an oracle, we have that uh, uh, set out. But there's also a huge difference between first and third party or oracles. Um, so what makes, makes these two different type of oracles so different from, from each other? And, and, and you know, what problem could, could, could arise? Uh, so the way that we define first party oracles are, are, first, are, are oracles that are operated by the data providers themselves. Like when you're mm -hmm. getting data off chain, well, there, there's lots of different types of data you can get off get get um, off chain, but we're focusing specifically on uh, data like specialized data you'd get from an, uh, a web API. Mm -hmm. um, so we're defining first-party oracles as oracles operated uh, by the API providers themselves, whereas third-party oracles, which which are the the predominant kinds of uh, oracles and oracle network projects in the block space now in the blockchain mm -hmm. space now, they um, they are operated by a third party. So either um, it's a some permission node or some anonymous node that gets data from an API and transmits it to the blockchain. So mm -hmm. it's essentially like a, like a, a middleman. Mm -hmm. so Which it's, is, it's, it's kind of it's ironic because that's, that's one of the things that blockchain technology tries to, tries to eliminate. Eliminate, <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. So, okay, so, uh, you know, First, first party Oracle is just the ultimate source, the source where it, where it comes from. So for instance, an example is that if, if you're talking about, uh, well, let's, let's take an example. If you, for instance, wants to want to, uh, check, uh, uh, you know, flight, flight numbers, for instance, for, and, and you want to check them. But, you know the best place is to check them di directly from the from the operator who so there uh, because the system you know pushes out the numbers over there so it's the it's the, it's the first first flow of of, of data um, and if you would use for instance a, a third party oracle that that would mean that you would use a oracle for instance or data from a uh from from a uh travel website or something like that 
yeah, or maybe maybe I didn't understand your example very well. But let's say there's some That's API cool. provider, or hopefully there's there's hopefully there's multiple API providers that provide this kind of data. Um, mm -hmm. I, ideally, um, we believe that that uh, if 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 anyone is providing data from an API to the blockchain, it should be the API provider themselves because it mm -hmm. removes um, attack surfaces in the transmission process. You know, you have less. Mm -hmm when you're transmitting that data on the blockchain, it's um, you're removing a tax surface by, by having the operator themselves transmit that data by running an Oracle. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if that explained. Yeah. Well, I mean, to me, it's, it's, it's clear. I, I was just trying to, you know, to, to make it simple, but sometimes when you, when you make something simple, it, it becomes even more difficult <laughs> when you're, when you're explaining it. Um, so, there are clearly differences. Uh, uh, one is inferior to the other. But do you have some 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 clear examples of, of ecosystems that had to endure huge failure due to the way things were set up using uh, third party oracles instead of first party? I, I should I should also clarify um, that we're we're stating that that first party oracles are the ideal solution or the preferred solution for the API. Connectivity problem. So basically, when you're trying to get uh, data from web APIs onto the blockchain, mm -hmm. I, I do believe that there's plenty of other data types that don't um, that aren't transmitted at, by APIs that could potentially benefit from third-party Oracle solutions. But what, when we're talking about off-chain data, we're specifically talking about things from web APIs. So, mm -hmm. um, but it, well, I don't want to discount third-party Oracles in other in, in other contexts. No, okay, okay, I, 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 I can understand, but there are, yeah, there are plenty of, 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 of uh, examples where, yeah, the, the, the hiccup in, in the system just turned mm -hmm. out really bad for, for, for an ecosystem or people lost money, um, yeah. So you know, talking about uh, you know other third-party oracles, and it's, it's no surprise that there's a lot of competition in blockchain space between all different types of, of Oracle uh, projects or, or companies, so to say. And you are clearly the, or API 3 is clearly the, the, the new kid on the block. So what's your strategy uh, to get your tech adopted? How we, start, how we started working on API 3 was that we realized that the existing solutions weren't really providing the infrastructure to uh, provide these decentralized Oracle services in a suitable way in that by suitable, I mean, first enabling first party Oracles because um, going back to the, the, the misunderstanding before. So by a third party Oracle, we mean someone completely random that is not related to the API provider at all. Mm -hmm. And these people tend to be professional node operators, either like companies or individuals. And the common quality of these people uh, is that they are proficient at running uh, Oracle nodes or blockchain nodes in general. And the problem is when you get or when you try to get API providers to operate the same Oracle node that these professional node operators easily operate, then they, they are not able to because uh, not only they don't know how to operate on a blockchain node, Mm -hmm. They don't even know about blockchains or smart contracts or what an Oracle is or how they should be uh, approaching this problem as a whole. So mm -hmm. 
Yeah, our solution was to uh, develop this node and its accompanying protocol that makes it pretty much easy, set and forget, uh, for the API provider to operate this node. So uh, because of that, if a user wants to um, build a system that depends on first-party oracles, and they would want to do that because first-party oracles uh, can be used to build potentially the most secure kind of data feeds, mm -hmm. then they would have to uh, get their data from an API provider that is operating an air node. So by simply um, developing the infrastructure that these uh, kind of projects will be using, API 3 gains a significant foothold in that um, already both the users and the API providers are using uh, the infrastructure that the DAO uh, develops. So, so it's also about, or like one of use, the, the, the USPs is also to remove as much as friction or, or hurdles to get this thing going on, to build a infrastructure uh, between uh, Oracle providers. Um, yeah, yeah, correct. So um, it is right now the existing solutions doing some stuff is pretty difficult and that is mm -hmm. by design because for example if you allowed an api provider to authorize uh, requests based on an arbitrary policy so what i mean by that so for example if you allow the api provider to monetize uh, access to their data with a monthly subscription scheme mm -hmm. and that monthly su subscription uh, was paid for in dai for example Mm -hmm. that completely kills the tokenomics of pretty much all of the other oracle solutions and then they cannot build uh, solutions that would uh, allow that but the problem is by since they cannot do that they cannot um, come up with solutions that would allow the oracle pro the api provider to enforce kyc either because the essentially allowing the api provider to set arbitrary policies, mm -hmm. uh, risks their tokenomics, and then that results in just having a single policy, which is if you pay with my payment token, you will get responded to. But the problem is API providers are not happy with this by itself, so they want to uh, implement other stuff as well. So what I mean is this air node node and protocol uh, solves a lot of problems and then not using it is not really an option for a lot of use cases. And then if a lot of API providers operate air nodes and if a lot of people consume data from these air nodes, then that will, all of these people uh, suddenly became, become potential API 3 partners. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. it is, and then it is pretty much a no brainer, I think, for them. <laughs> yeah. To, yeah, <laughs> so, with API three. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. But so, so what's interesting, uh, maybe to 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 elaborate on is, uh, so it, it it makes a lot of stuff easier, but there it, it also opens up a, a some some new possibilities of, of new use cases. So, do you have an example of 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 a use case what just works much better uh, with API three stack? 
Yeah, so <laughs> I was actually concerned about not being able to mention this, but we just announced that this night, so <laughs> I will be able to. So <laughs> we just, <laughs> yeah, we just announced an integration with uh, Omen, which is a prediction market uh, operated by DXDAO. So the thing is, Omen is, <laughs> thank you. Um, yeah, the, the main point of Omen is being Oracle agnostic which means that you can create a prediction market on any Oracle that you want. And then that provides a lot of flexibility. Mm -hmm. um, and, but the main problem was that there weren't many uh, Oracle alternatives available. And uh, the, the biggest Oracle projects that people think of when they mm -hmm. think about it, like they provide a very limited uh, kind of data, which is a price, of a specific asset at this point in time, which is not really that useful, especially in a prediction market context, because yeah. in prediction markets, you need to make very specific requests. So the data you want is a lot more specific. What is, even when you need price, you need the price of an asset at a certain point in time, not now. Yeah. But then if you, if you want to serve a DeFi project, you only need the price right now. Mm -hmm, and then, mm -hmm. Yeah, what API3 provides a prediction market with is a very wide variety of APIs that the users can create prediction markets based on. So, for example, if we have hundreds of first-party oracles, for example, each one serving a different API, a user can simply select an API, select an endpoint, select some parameters for that endpoint, and say that, hey, I'm betting that the uh, the response of this call will be this. And this is extremely generic, which is why it is so powerful because this can be crypto price data, traditional price data, Forex, um, match scores, eSports match scores, weather data, flight data. Wow, so it, pretty much it, anything that you can think about. So this will be maybe a very prestigious uh, uh yeah uh, like use case to to show what this new way of working is capable of and, and what kind of uh, po possibilities it uh, it uh, unlocks yeah definitely like we are most excited about not about um providing these data feeds that already exist but rather mm -hmm. provide new kind of services that didn't exist at all before, and then make new kind of use cases possible with those. And then another thing is uh, the main reason Omen was not being used much to this point was that it was an Ethereum mainnet, and then the gas costs were extremely prohibitive yeah, prohib yeah. for <laughs> betting on, like betting for small amounts. But the yeah, thing that, is, that, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, it doesn't, but now this will be on XDAI, so it will make perfect sense. And mm. then, yeah, I'm, I have pretty high expectations for it. And then I'm also thinking that this is going to become a pattern, these Oracle agnostic projects, because if you think about it right now, most projects choose an Oracle for their users, but they're doing that because mostly because they're centrally governed. Mm -hmm. And then the Oracle project that they use is centrally governed and <laughs> essentially, yeah, <laughs> yeah so there's some for kind of deal decentralization. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, um, as soon as you have some decentralization, then people will want to choose. In the end, you want to create uh, platforms where people aren't really aware of the technology uh, they're, they're using. I think that, that makes a platform or ecosystem uh, a, a good one. And I think this is a good example of, for instance, what the, all the different, you know, the vast variety of, of use cases you mentioned, you know, with, with weather, uh, weather input or, 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 or sports betting or, or whatever more mainstream uh, approachable stuff. Uh, this is what, what, what makes it possible. So, yeah, that's, that, I, I can imagine that, that, uh, that the recent partnership is a pretty exciting one. Um, but the past weeks we've seen multiple partnerships uh, being announced from, from your side. Uh, I saw something with uh, Alliance Block and, 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 and some other really impressive names. Um, so how important are, are these uh, partnerships to you? Yeah, definitely. They're, they're all important to us because essentially we are partnering with them because we are providing them with solutions that other projects cannot re really. And then we designed this, our project around that because we saw that there were these specific needs and mm -hmm. then they just weren't being satisfied. So, for example, there are smart contract platforms. We see great demand uh, for integration from smart contract platforms. And, for example, one of the reasons of that is uh, the current Oracle solutions cannot really scale in terms of being able to support all the integrations to all smart contract platforms. And then um, some are being left behind, it feels like. And then they really need their own Oracle solution. So, mm -hmm. uh, and then some of them are obviously not happy with the other solutions and then they want an API free integration. And then there are some use cases that cannot receive the kind of data that they would want to mm -hmm. uh, from existing Oracle solutions. Because as I said, it is, everything is pretty much um, DeFi focused right now. It's all yeah. about, giving the current price uh, current price data, which just doesn't cut it for some use cases. And I think a lot of projects are not able to be built at this moment. It is being held back because they cannot have access to the kind of data that they need. So that is another kind of partnership that we, uh, I think we really value. And then, there are API providers. So for example, Alliance Block, it maybe is not correct to like, uh, group them under API providers, but for example, they have some very powerful kinds of services and data that they cannot serve over existing Oracle solutions other than API 3. So that, that's why we have partnered with them. So yeah, essentially the, the main point is that we are providing uh, kinds of services that are really needed and are not really provided by anyone else. So that, that's, that's a pretty sweet position to, to be at as, as a company and also a really exciting one. And uh, it, it, it's, it's very cool to, to enable you know, projects to, to really uh, pursue their, uh, their goals. Um, so before we wrap up this conversation, uh, because I think we have, you know, we, we have a clear overview of of what you guys are are doing differently than the than the status quo. But what lies ahead for API Tree? What are you guys working on right now? 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the, the most exciting and the most, I think, uh, the first of these uh, that we'll be delivering is the authoritative DAO. So we have a, a DAO right now, but then we will be migrating to a new DAO where the users will be able to stake their tokens and have a direct say in governance. Mm -hmm. And then this will also provide them with uh, staking rewards. And mm -hmm. then also they will be able to obviously make proposals and vote on proposals. And that will essentially make the project extremely decentralized because like both the ecosystem funds and how the project is directed will be governed by the token holders. And then this will also enable us to start work on our insurance service uh, that we will be insuring our services because the, uh, that is one of the token utilities where the stake tokens are used as collateral for an insurance service that we provide for our data fees. And this is significant because when you have the data fees insured by the provider of the data fees, then- now That, that gives a lot of confidence. Yeah. Both confidence, but the thing is, you could also insure a data feed from Nexus Mutual, for example. But here, mm -hmm. it is it has a game theoretic reason. Essentially, this gives the DAO a reason to govern the data feeds in a way that they are optimally secure. So I don't think that, for example, a, the API three DAO will be using third-party oracles anytime soon because they will know that if anything goes wrong with that, they will have to pay for it. So they will just have to go for first party oracle. So I think that is a significant problem with existing solutions because uh, like when something very bad happens, who will pay for it? It will be the entire uh, ecosystem that the Oracle provided. So yeah, so yeah, that's something uh, coming up. And then we have the request response protocol being finalized. We are setting work on pops up protocol. And this mm -hmm. is significant because this is the infrastructure of the services that we will be building. So we are trying to come up with this very generalized kind of uh, Oracle infrastructure that everyone will want to use, we think, we think, because it is extremely flexible and it will allow or enable a lot of different use cases. So that's another thing. We have kicked off the development of our integration platform, Chain API, which will allow yeah, us I saw to- that, yeah. Yeah, that is pretty important, actually. So, for example, for example, it complements the own integration very well because if you want this integration to work, you will need a lot of different uh, first-party oracles. And how do you get that? You will need to be able to integrate a lot of them because that is the bottleneck. Someone has to integrate the API oracles. We did a lot of that with the Honeycomb API Marketplace because, and we know how hard it is. We know how to make it easier, and then that is why we are building Chain API to enable that. To make it a bit bit more turnkey, uh, turnkey solution, or almost. Yeah, essentially, yeah. If you have an API, and if you want to make it uh, available to smart contracts at no cost, then you can use Chain API, and that is a pretty easy sell. So definitely, I, I'm yeah, not, yeah. I think we will not have any problems with getting first-party oracles with that. Well, that's uh, that's that sounds pretty exciting. I think it's going to be a very exciting year for not only for for you guys API Tree, but also for yeah all the projects that will be enabled to uh, 
yeah to to make to make their platforms and ecosystems just more rich uh with with data obviously mm-hmm. um sasha do you have anything to add before we uh before we wrap this up um no not really like well borg did focus on the important kind of technical infrastructure stuff but um because we are a dao and we were we the dao is going to have to be cohesive outside of just like financial incentives so we're 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 yeah. working on ways of getting more um community interaction and the kind of branding side of things so that's also something we're we're thinking through and working on I think we should definitely, uh, you know, later on when when more use cases uh, are 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 present and, and some other stuff is to be shown, we we can definitely catch up again uh, because yeah, you guys are just getting started, uh, but had a you know a hell of a lot of preparation. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be an exciting quarter. So I'm uh, yeah. pretty uh, excited to see if there are any surprises coming up in the coming months, but. Uh, yeah, we will just have to see and wait, I guess. Yeah, I feel the same way. I'm very excited for this year. All right, then uh, I want to thank you for uh, joining today. And yeah, I wish you all the best. And we will keep a, keep a close eye on, on, on you guys. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Of course, stay safe. And uh, good night, Turkey. And uh, good afternoon, uh, Canada. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. See ya. See ya.